Sean is one of a kind. I adore this man. He left Ireland. I wonder, did he even have a plan? You, my pal, yeah, you, my friend, are loved all over. A massive rugby fan who was 46 years sober. And as for God, I think he couldn't give a damn. Uh, Sean, take as long as you need, man, and thank you again for speaking. You are incredible, man. Um, thank you and please, much. everyone, stay on mute because it's just yeah. rude. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, all right. Thank you very much, Mark, and for asking me. And uh, yeah, you'll get in the uh, Dogger Lear book, I'm sure. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm Sean. I'm an alcoholic. And thanks very much for asking me to come along here. And thank you to yourself and Jimmy for all the uh, service you do. Like for the, uh, it's great, like that there's kind of an international organ, an international movement of, a, uh, of secular meetings now. Um, Anyway, uh, as I said, like the actual last the, uh, meeting that I went to, uh, um, uh, um, face-to-face meeting was in Paris, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, secular meeting in Paris on a Friday night, because uh, I'd gone over for the rugby, which had been cancelled, like, and they, uh, but I went anyway, like, I thought it'd be a great time to go over to Paris when there's not busloads of uh, Chinese queuing up to get into the museums, and uh, so we had to rush back anyway, and uh, that was the last meeting I went to uh, Friday night in Paris. Anyway, I'm, I always say uh, the thing about, uh, see, I'm, I'm Sean and I'm an alcoholic and that's kind of foundational to my life. It's kind of almost in my DNA. It's the kind of um, Archimedean point, Archimedean point in my life that I'm an alcoholic. Everything revolves around that because if I drink, I'm fucked. I, uh, so I've got to remember that above all else, like all I've got to do is breathe in and out and not drink. And then that I'm a free man, so to speak. Uh, I suffer from alcoholism as my disease. I, um, I don't suffer from ism. It's alcoholism. I kind of a, got very ill from pouring vast quantities of alcohol down my gullet. Uh, and I, uh, that's why I ended up in AA. Um, a little, uh, yeah, I say like it's very important for me to sort of say, tell you what I'm recovering from, which is the alcoholism and how it affected me. Uh, as I was saying earlier, I come from Wexford and I, uh, I kind of went off to Dublin when I was 17. I kind of left school and uh, I was 16, in fact, and uh, I started drinking in Dublin when I was 16 year old. Donahue's a Marion Row which for those of you who don't know, it's a very famous pub in Ireland. It's where the folk revival kicked off, like back in 64, I think, yeah, 64. And I used to go there like as a boy, like 16, 17 year old. And I'd be in there, all the Dubliners used to be in there regular, like sort of a knocking back sort of fast quantities of Guinness. And I'd be in there standing at the bar with them like and spitting just like a grown up. Anyway, um, right from the beginning, uh, I had a cry. Started having what I later came to see as manifestations of alcoholism uh, with my drinking. Like I was having blackouts from the beginning. I, uh, I was having problems with landladies from the beginning. Uh, so anyway, I decided. Like I always, England was always our aspiration back then. Nearly everybody went to England. It was the Beatles and French letters. They were the big, uh, the, the kind of uh, things we wanted, like, and uh, uh, and so off to England, I trotted anyway. I told the um, the boss, of, I, I worked as a barman there. I was a, an apprentice barman, as it was at the time. 
and I told my boss to take his job off his arse like a week before Christmas and uh, I arrived over in London anyway and the um so so that was it so I, I was having all of the things that happened to kind of a uh, uh, drunks happened to me very early on I was arrested for being drunk didn't have a clue like blackouts etc sacked from uh, uh, jobs for being drunk a uh, um, homeless homeless a lot of couch surfing although we didn't call it couch surfing then I remember when I first went to Cricklewood I can assure you the crack of what crack wasn't good at all in Cricklewood and I um Anyway, like, uh, so, so as I say, like right from the beginning, there was major problems with alcoholism. Um, and uh, so what happened then between then and when I stopped drinking at 28, uh, it wasn't that I drank more. In actual fact, I probably drank a lot more like in my earlier years because I worked as a barman and I drank all day, every day. Like, and then I kind of got sacked from jobs. I, I, I couldn't take it anymore, like her drink couldn't take me, and I, I started working on the buildings. But at the end of my drinking, I could drink far, I could get, I was drunk on far less than it was at the beginning. At the beginning, I could go days. In actual fact, I went weekends drinking nonstop. I wasn't not, I, I was always drunk and falling over drunk, always. I was never one of these people who, uh, who uh, uh, kind of a, was very drunk and in blackout and couldn't, uh, didn't look drunk. I always was drunk. And, uh, but I could go on and I went 24 hours, 72 hours. I remember going to Belgium, places like that, on a cultural trips. And uh, you'd end up sort of drinking the whole weekend, like nonstop and falling asleep in bars or whatever around the street. Anyway, um, so, 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 uh, so that was it. As to how I was, I really didn't. I, I, there was no alternative this way of life, like, you know, like, and you know, like there was days like, you know, like when I'd wake up in my bed, not having a clue about how I'd got there, sort of soaked in my own piss, so cold, the piss is almost frozen. And this happened time and time again, like, you know, like it wasn't a one off. And they, uh, uh, so there was nothing joyous about my drinking at all. Like the only thing about it was it was better than not drinking. And the, uh, not drinking was a horrendous state of being like, you know, like, and so hence I felt I had to carry on drinking. So anyway, what happened to me as I was working on building sites and the, uh, I kind of had a couple of convulsions on building sites and the, uh, the second one that wouldn't let me back to work until I'd been cleared by the doctor because they, uh, that's fair enough. Like, you know, when you're on the 25th floor of a building, like, you know, uh, 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 and have a convulsion, well, they, uh, they don't want to have to go to the trouble of picking you up like and putting you in a barrel like do they so anyway um so then after that like i kind of a um i remember the kind of for two or three or four or five months or whatever i became a dishwasher at longure because that was easy you got instant money it was a bit like working on the buildings like you worked with an subby irish subby and you got paid daily like because they knew you would be back again the next day like you'd have paid you daily uh, for your alcohol vouchers for that evening like you know so uh so yeah, so then I was going around, I was a dishwasher, and I always remember, like, uh, my good mate Alistair from Aberdeen, like, uh, uh, who's much like myself, obviously, and the, um, uh, we were going around, we'd go around looking for dishwashing jobs, like, and, the, uh, uh, and I remember we'd go to the smart hotels down Park Lane and go along the staff entrances at the back. Uh, where human resources would have been like <laughs> human resources. Anyway, looking for 
dishwashing jobs. Like, and I remember that. I remember on numerous occasions, like the security man would take one look at us and decide that they didn't want dishwashers of our type, even if they did fucking desperate for them. Like, you know, so that was it anyway. Like, and I kind of, there was I, my 28 years of age, and I felt my life was done, well and truly done. Now I'd known about AA for many years. Uh, and um, I with a great, I'd had a great deal of respect for AA because a friend of mine, a guy who I knew, I knew, I met him actually drinking. And some years later, like Nicky Fleming was his name. He was from Cork. And I, uh, I met him in a place like it was a she-bean. She, that's a non-licensed sort of hole in the ground somewhere where it's open at all hours in the morning. And I, uh, Nicky always remind, reminded me of this. Like it, the, uh, it, the highlight of this place, it had two televisions, both in black and white. Like one was for sound and the other was for picture. But anyway... Some years I used to I used to meet Nicky around the streets after Nicky had joined AA, like and Nicky did always tell me he was in AA. And they uh, and they I thought AA was great because it had sorted Nicky out. So and Nicky was a decent man, like he was uh, he wasn't a god bother or anything like that. And they uh, so uh, <coughs> so so then I kind of a uh, I decided I was going to go to AA. Like I, I looked it up to see where it was, and it was around the corner. From where I had my bed sitter in Earl's Court, this hovel I lived in, and they, uh, uh, and I decided I was going to go there on Monday. So that I did. I went for some drinks first, as you do, <laughs> and they, uh, uh, I then I uh, uh, was trying to kind of shake off my friends. Back then, the pubs were closed at three o'clock every day, and you had the three thirty, three o'clock to five thirty, and. Uh, I remember I went with these friends of mine. We went to the ABC cafe where we drank a um, cider from teacups. And they, uh, I was trying to sort of, I thought if these people of my and friend, these people, my acquaintances, my drinking mates, if they knew now that I was going to Alcoholics Anonymous, like, you know, like that would be the pits, like, you know, like, fuck me, he's bad enough, isn't he? Like, and now he's going to Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, how low can you go? Like, you know, he really is uh, the, the pits. So anyway, I kind of left them and I went off to Redcliffe Gardens just down the road and they, uh, uh, I spoke in there. Mary was there. Mary was a lady who ran the office, and uh, and uh, there was a another guy came in there whilst I was there, and uh, yeah, Red Ron, Ronnie Cohn, Ronnie C. Like Ronnie lived in South London, had been sober a long time. Then Ronnie actually moved back from London to Wexford uh, some years back. He's he's dead now, and uh, and I uh, so I remained friends with Ronnie for many, many years. I used to go on a visit in Wexford um, when I was down around that way and his wife. Um, uh, and they, uh, so anyway, they asked me, someone asked me there if, uh, if I really want to stop drinking. And I, I remember my response to that was, well, what, the hell, what do you think I'm doing here? <laughs> and then someone else asked me if I've had a drink today. And I said, hmm. Well, if I could have not had a drink today, I really wouldn't have been here. I didn't say that, but I remember those being my thoughts. So anyway, I kind of, uh, Mary then took me, she was going to a meeting in Talgart Road, which was down on uh, West, West Kensington. And the, um, she was going to a meeting down there and she took me down there with her. Now, Mary was a, a very well-dressed uh, blue rinse, Northern Irish lady. And there was me looking like a tramp, a bit tramp. 
And I was embarrassed about walking up the road and meeting my friends, <laughs> uh, seeing me with this well-dressed woman, like, and they're going to think, what's she, what's he doing with her, like, you know? And I remember ma meeting Mad Alex. Mad Alex was one of my compatriots. He was a, sorry, he was a, he's a man from Inverness, like, you know, who I drank with. And they, um, but anyway, we went, after we went to the meeting and they, uh, I think Mary had to pay my fare because I didn't have any money. Anyway, uh, I remember going to this and I, I, there was a guy who I drank with at the meeting and I, that rather embarrassed me. And, they, uh, and then I thought, well, oh, he's probably here for the same reason as myself. He probably obviously is. And he said to me, Sean, that's your seat there. We, we reserved it for you. We knew you'd be alone. And I thought that was a rather nice welcome. I, um, so but I do remember thinking there was about probably about 12 people at the meeting. And as far as I was concerned, this AA business, like it was going to get me out of the shit for about three or four days because I'd done, I'd, I'd done not drinking. I'd done stopping drinking. It worked for me sometimes for a half an hour, sometimes for half a day. It's worked for 28 days. Uh, three times. See, I can quantify all these times, like when I stopped drinking. I never got to 29 days. I got to 28 days. And I well remember the reason why I went back on the drink the last time I was off it for 28 days before I went away. It was cup final day and Fulham were playing uh, West Ham in the final. And I kind of was down North End Road in Fulham in the morning. And uh, I, I was probably buying vegetables or something because when you stop drinking, you eat and all that sort of thing. Like. And I, um, I decided anyway, I was a Fulham supporter. And I thought, ah, I'll go and join. I'll go and get, I'll go and have a few pints. And that was it. So I didn't need much excuse for to go back to the drinking. Basically, if there was a D in the day, I'd go back. I'd, uh, that was good enough. Um, so anyway, yeah, but I thought this is sad. This it's come to, it's, it's very sad now what I've come to. But then I remember thinking, well, my life <laughs> is what, very sad, like, you know, and the, uh, it's not just the previous year. And I gradually I kind of came to see all of it was very sad. Like the whole, it was the most negative experience you could possibly imagine my life as a drunk. Anyway, so I'm in AA there, like, and someone does the chair and I'm identifying and, they, uh, and uh, everybody comes in and chairs and I identify with them all. And they're all telling my story. And I see, this is it. This is my way out. This is it. I don't have to drink again. And I got a, as I keep on saying, I got the, um, I got really the whole secret of AA at my first meeting, like, you know, like I wasn't capable of taking much on board, but I was capable of taking on board of not drinking a day at a time and uh, going to meetings. And I was suggested getting to 90 meetings in 90 days. And I thought that was a heavy sentence until I kind of considered any of my previous 90 days or any 90 days. As I say, like I'd never really, I came to understand it here, people in the, at the meetings talking about crossing over the thin red line into alcoholism. I never crossed over. I started off on the kind of alcoholism side of it, like, and, the, uh, uh, and uh, all of my life as a, as a drinker, uh, it was all rather uh, a, down, a downward spiral. So then there am I now, I'm in a, and I'm, I think this is wonderful. This is the solution. At the time I, I had agoraphobia which is kind of left over from the convulsions. And they, uh, I was terrified of walking over the bridge. I had to walk over to get home. Like, But anyway, I went home and they, I felt over, I was elated, absolutely elated. 
that I had a way out. And I remember for my first three nights in A, I didn't sleep a wink because I was so excited. And I had to get up on the um, Thursday morning. I had to get up and go down to the hospital, St. Stephen's as it was then, Chelsea and Westminster, uh, to see this consultant about my epilepsy. Anyway, I, I had intended having a bath. Now I hadn't had, I had hydrophobia. I was terrified of getting into the bath in case I had a convulsion in there. So I didn't wash very often. Not if I, if I didn't, if I had, even if I hadn't have had hydrophobia, I wouldn't have washed very often. Um, so anyway, I, I, I kind of had intended getting up and having a bath in the morning before I went to the hospital. So it was this sort of smelly sort of object uh, wasn't appearing in front of the consultant and uh, I fell asleep when I was supposed to get up so I had to get out of the hospital uh, reeking. I, was, I only had the clothes I stood up in when I came into A like you know so uh, that meant underwear and socks. I mean, my first week in A like I remember my socks decomposed and I, uh, so that was me sockless then onto my gyro came. Um, for any Americans gyro is your uh, unemployment benefit. Um, so, uh, so there I am now. So this is this is secular um, a like I'll I, I'll tell you how I've negotiated the uh, the whole business at my first meeting. Uh, things were going well, wellish until I heard the word God mentioned. I think I've probably heard higher power, and of course my response to what the fuck's that like, you know? And uh, it wasn't the sort of thing like we kind of uh, discussed amongst my drinking friends. Uh, you know, like, do you hand things over to your higher power or anything like that? So I, uh, all of it and this God stuff. But I've said this before and I keep on saying I was so relieved that whatever this God thing is like, you know, like the fact that God was used in the same sentence as a uh, fuck. I, I, it was a, it was a get out for me. Like I thought, whatever it is, like none of them have grown wings or all ordinary people. And they, uh, so whatever it is that they're connected to, maybe I'll be able to connect it to. My fear was that I would uh, uh, um, not be able to connect with whatever this thing was like, you know. I could understand all the material aspects of things, of not drinking and getting to meetings, etc. So anyway, I kind of, that was great. So I went to meetings and I became the dishwasher. That was the only skill I had to offer. And the uh, and I felt wonderful. It was great. I had mates of mine in AA, like I remember Jordy, Jerry and Shuggy and myself, like we all got bicycles. So we became, we were kind of a uh, slightly feral to say the least. And we used to go down to sort of uh, lovely sort of a uh, uh, tree line suburbs of London, like suburb, like, like, like Surbiton. And it was a, an afternoon meeting down there on Sunday, like, and we turned up there, like, and uh, Oh, the women down there. It was a bit like the country where the, the, the Women's Institute or the Irish Country Women's Association or something like that. They made the most wonderful cakes and they welcomed us with open arms. It was absolutely wonderful. Like, and, they, uh, uh, and, and they'd say things like, oh, I, we, I've got sons like you. <laughs> I'm not quite sure about that. Like, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, they were lovely, very welcoming. And I always found that was the thing really that got me. The welcome I got in AA like, was a... Uh, uh, was was wonderful and the worse you were the more they welcomed you back so i i, I hung around and they uh, uh went to meetings i had no problem getting to 90 meetings in 90 days i did that and they uh, uh and they gradually i got my life together like and the uh the i got socks and the uh underwear and the uh, I, I remember getting a new bed and the uh all of that sort of thing like and the 
uh, um, tidying up the place and generally getting myself together, like, and they all the while. But I got sober, like, when it was suggested to um, read the big book and all of that sort of thing, like, well, I, I wasn't capable of reading, like, anything I was trying to read, you know, like, I, it wasn't that I got to the end of the chapter and forgot what was in there. Like, by the time I got to the end of the line, I forgot what was at the, what was at the beginning of the, uh, of the uh, line, uh, of, of the line. So, um, I, uh, I I kept on going anyway. I don't know. I've tried to. I didn't drink a day at a time, and, and I went to meetings, uh, and uh, I got involved. I became the dishwasher, as I say, and then we started a new meeting, and I became the treasurer. And I thought, isn't this wonderful? Up, upward mobility in a like there you go from an unemployable dishwasher to an actual treasurer. Well, in actual fact, what happened there at that meeting was that a. Uh, one day I put my hand in my pocket and I'd spent all the money. So I had to go back to work then go and find a job and get back to work. Um, yeah, so uh, um, I really didn't, I, when I did read the big book, I, uh, it was fine, but it didn't really speak to me. And I wasn't quite sure why it didn't speak to me. Later on, I came to realize why it didn't speak to me. It was because uh, all the people, all the stories in there, they were all about people who they kind of uh, lost something. They 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 they, they fell from a great height. Well, I started off with what kind of one foot in the, in the gutter, like you know, and I didn't fall from anywhere. I'd never achieved anything to lose anything, like, uh, and they, uh, and then I realised all the stories. They were all wasps. They were all these white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, and I was a kind of a, a down and out sort of uh, Irish failed Catholic. Uh, and so it was obvious I didn't uh, identify with the stories in there. I, uh, some of the other stuff I thought I didn't really agree with. And not only did I not, I didn't identify with some, but later I came to realise the, the kind of a uh, template of what an alcoholic is. That's Bill W's template of what an alcoholic is. And it didn't really ring any bells at all for me. Not many anyway. Uh, I kind of worked out what my alcoholism was for myself eventually, uh, a day at a time staying away from things. So I didn't get sober from reading the big book. Uh, I didn't get sober from using a sponsor. I've never had a sponsor. Uh, I wrote an article on the, uh, um, the Facebook page there yesterday on why I've never had a sponsor. And all of these people who uh, have been sober for 40 odd years come in and say they've never had a sponsor either. Because the thing about sponsorship is it's, it wasn't around very much when I came in. There was one guy who sponsored half the young men around the, uh, this new meeting we started like, and he was always asked what to be my sponsor. And I kind of couldn't stand the guy. Uh, he had nothing to offer me. Um, Anyway, I've never had a sponsor. Like I was able to work things out for myself based on the fact of not drinking a day at a time. Like, and I'm sober, and sober me is not a drinking me. Like, you know, like, and and uh, so some people might say I'm playing God. Like, you know, but I'm not. I've just me. I've been given these faculties, and I'm told to think, think, think. So I started doing that after I came into a. Um, yeah. So, uh, so what else then can I say? I've always been involved in me. I've always had some. Uh, involvement in a at all levels. I've been involved at every level at a like apart from a board member, and a, uh, I think it's wonderful that 
us Alkis, like, you know, we've got it in our power to be able to give a message to someone else to save them from that terrible dereliction and that dreadful life that we had before coming into a, like, because the, the medics don't have a cure for it and the priests don't have a cure for it, the psycho, psycho babblers don't have a cure for it, and he does have a cure for it, and it's all based on one Alki talking to another. So all very simple. So that's the way I've kept it, like, and I say I've always done service. I, um, when I came into it, I didn't have any aspirations really, like in other than just, I just, do you want what we have? No, thank you very much. I just want shot of what I have. And that's it, because there seem to be an awful lot of aspirations of to become spiritually well or a, uh, uh, um, like a middle class or bourgeois or something like that. All I wanted, in actual fact, what I wanted to do when I came into it was just get a, put a rucksack on my back and go along and tour around Connemara, walking around Connemara in summer. I didn't have the guts to do it. Like it was freedom. That's what I wanted. Like, and because I wasn't drinking, like I didn't have this constant need to sort of be in some places where I could get alcohol. Anyway, I never, I never did that. Um, so, so by and large, the, uh, the, the whole business of sobriety, as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, it's not drinking a day at a time and the rest is conversation. I, uh, uh, I've done a step four and five, which was the most powerful thing I've done since in my life outside of stopping drinking. Um, it's a universal principle. It's kind of know yourself and be free. Uh, just, but I wouldn't have been able to get that without, without a... So thanks to um, when I came into it, when I was in there for six or eight months or something, there's a man came into this new meeting I started one day and they, uh, and he, um, he announced himself as an atheist. Now, this was the first atheist I'd ever met in a, uh, who, who declared himself an atheist. At the time, I think I was probably a deist. And they, uh, uh, if God made a world, that's okay, but man made society. And they, uh, anyway, he was a, an atheist. And uh, anyway, I thought that's brilliant. And at the time, he was 25 years sober. And uh, that gave me a lot of inspiration, like to carry on sort of my down my own path. If he can stay sober, like with as an atheist, like, well, obviously it's possible. And so I just kind of, I evolved as an atheist. I'm not an atheist. Uh, God has, God had nothing at all to do with me getting drunk or sober. Like uh, uh, God doesn't exist, like as far as I'm concerned. So I don't disbelieve. How can you disbelieve in something that doesn't exist? I, uh, so, um, so there we are. So because I don't drink a day at a time, I get access to myself. It's often hard to say that I like to drink is but a symptom of my illness. Well, as my old mate used to say, some fucking symptom. Uh, and uh, that's so, by and large, like I often see um, alcohol uh, as a, um, my, my, my drinking alcohol was my illness. Um, as soon as I, but before I started drinking, I was a right little shit, like, yes. Uh, and after I stopped drinking, like, I wasn't immediately sort of cured and fucking saintly or anything like that. But uh, the thing about drinking was it kind of a, uh, it prevented my uh, 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 maturing as a human being. It would put a stop to all of that, like, you know, like, and so when I stopped drinking, I was left with this, a uh, probably 12 year old boy like needing to grow up and have experiences sober and all the ex each experience sober all added to my repertoire of uh, living sober like you know and they, uh, so therefore I defer to myself like because I know exactly how what goes on how I got to where 
Uh, and it's very important to know how I got to where I am, to know the route out of where I am. Uh, I'm not depending on anything. But it's all my whole life, though, it's very much dependent on AA. Like, well, I think it is anyway. Uh, I kind of keep on coming back. So that's me anyway there now, Mark. I'm going to stop there now. And uh, thank you very much for having me, mate.